What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's still real to me. Damn it. Damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Test Show, episode number 661 for October 13, 2022. Welcome to your WWE Extreme Rules recap and review edition of SRTU. I am one after the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey, you were not the white rabbit, my friend. No, but I, that the the fiend looked much shorter than usual. So I'm uh, not saying it was me, but uh, you know I am short and chubby, so I, I kind of fit the mold. Hmm. Was Doctor Trey in Philadelphia? Find out more here on this week's edition of SRTU. Doctor Trey, Extreme Rules came to us as I uh, just mentioned, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Wells Fargo Center this past Saturday night. On Peacock here in the U.S., WWE Network everywhere else. Let's get into the first match in a good old-fashioned Donnybrook match. That's exactly what they called it. The Brawling Brutes defeated Imperium. You and I both had the Brawling Brutes. What a great match. It was, uh, as they put, a banger after banger after banger. <laughs> Fun match. Great performance from all six guys. The Brawling Brutes are so over right now. For a guy who is very... Um, God, controversial with the internet fan base, with wrestling fans in general. Sheamus is beloved right now. Do, do you think Sheamus is kind of getting that Randy Orton treatment from a few years yeah. ago? Yeah. We're like, yeah, oh great my God, comparison. He's, so he's like so boring. We hate him. We hate him. And all of a sudden, now everybody loves him. It's like, it's like shine up that sign of respect. I think that match with Gunther at Clash of the Castle like really turned everybody around. But 
Yeah, it, it was a fun match. I love they call it like a good old fashioned Donnybrook. I'm like, we've only had two, so it's really old fashioned. Like it's not typical, but yeah, it was it was a fun, exciting little match there. It was a great way to kick off the show and, and get everybody ramped up. Um, like I love both those groups. Like, <laughs> excuse me, um, Vinci and Barthol are like my one of my favorite duos to watch the tag team. Gunther's amazing, uh, and then you get. Like, it's taken me a while to warm up to Ridge Holland. Like, I think it's lovely because his NXT stuff was so start and stop, and then all of a sudden he's on the main roster. It's taken me a while with him, but, you know, Sheamus, I love Sheamus, love Butch. So, yeah, this is just a great dynamic little match, and, and they fit together so well. It makes a lot of sense. So uh does make me wish that Big E was around because I'd love to see the New Day with all three members get thrown in there with all those teams and just do a nine-way Good old fashioned Donnie Brook. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, Seamus has mentioned that this is the most fun he's had in wrestling in some time. I think in regards to Rich Holland, I've noticed it as well. You can tell he's a lot more confident on the screen uh, and both in the ring and on the microphone. He's doing a great job. Always been, been fan, big fans of Pete Dunn and Imperium as a group has always been very, very good. Dating back to their start in NXT UK. This has been a fun feud. It's it's one of those things that helps carry the mid card during a really good time of professional wrestling. Um, and this was a great way to kick off the show. Um, By the way, real quick, isn't banger, isn't that a food? Bangers and mash. Yeah. 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 So like when they're saying bangers and banger, banger after banger, are they talking like, are they having a food eating contest? I think this is the point of our lives now where like two old guys are like, what do the kids mean by this? (laughs) But I think most of the guy like, isn't probably Seamus is older than us. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Seamus is older than us. He's right there with it. Well, he's probably older than you, younger than me, so he probably lands right in the middle. Yeah, I know Ridge and I know Butch is definitely Pete Dunn is is definitely younger than me. But I banger after bangers is just um, like a, a hell of a fight. I guess it is. Yeah, it's an indie, it's a it's a wrestling term. We hear it on I hear it all the time. Like guys like oh we had had a banger last night. And I'm like, first of all, if you're by the way, if you're an indie wrestler, you listen to our show and you come out on Facebook and say you had a banger. Uh, you better make sure the crowd thought you had a banger. At least with these guys, the crowd backs up the fact they're having bangers after bangers after bangers. Oh yeah, the crowd is just eating it up. I mean, that was a, the absolute perfect way to uh, to kick off this past week's Extreme Rules. By the way, Seamus, forty four years old. Ridge Holland. Now I'm curious. Let's see. Ridge Holland, thirty four. All right. So Seamus is in between Doctor Trey and I, and younger than. Both of us. So this is now the old guys talking I'm wrestling. I'm only a year older than Seamus, so it's not like he's dead. Like I'm not 55. <laughs> so me and Seamus and John Cena. John Cena is a month older than me. This so is what I, I I said it on the end of last week's show. This is tuning in, t- turning into <laughs> uh, just two old wrestling fans yelling at clouds. Like that's what we're doing now. Like get off our lawn will be the new name of the show outside of like the Real Tough show. <laughs> Next match here, Ronda Rousey defeats Liv Morgan in an Extreme Rules match to win the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Dr. Tran, I got this one right. We both had Ronda Rousey. I thought it was an okay match. It didn't flow very well, and I'm not sure it did a good job to help get Liv over despite the loss. Passing out while smiling was a good shot to protect Liv's title run coming to an end. I'm more interested to see where Liv goes from here rather than another Ronda title run. Ronda's a heel. She's champ again. Liv had a short title run, which is... Plagued a lot of Money in the Bank winners. This is like your stereotypical Money in the Bank winner title run. Thoughts here, Dr. Trey? Ron defeats Liv. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't flow well, but like this was a measure like the spots were good. 
but the stuff in between the spots was not so good. Um, I, I just really never got into the match. And part of it's because when you when you're a fan of somebody like Liv and they're really undersized and they're fighting that dominant champion, it's just like you're just waiting for the party to come to an end. Basically, that's kind of how I felt with this match. Um, and, and once again, I, I leave this match and this this quote unquote feud with more questions than I have answers. Like they kept trying to prop Ronda up as a good guy, and then Ronda's telling the crowd to shut the hell up and mouthing off to him after the win. Liv, who's been their baby face, is now turning creepy. So I just I just have more questions than answers. And usually when a feud ends, you have more answers than questions. Yeah, it's it's something that's plagued it Money in the Bank winners, right, Dr. Trey? This is like Money in the Bank winner 101, whether it's Nikki A.S.H., whether it's Miz, whether it's Rey Mysterio. This to me is just like, I don't know. It, it's it's. I can't many remember many good non like main event established stars getting a run with the title after you know cashing in Money in the Bank. Like so, if we go off like definition of what a run is, is Big E kind of like the cutoff line for like what a decent run is? Because he had what four months. Yeah, and with, and uh, his run is considered not great because of yeah. of how they booked him. Yeah, I mean, but like, and we talked about it before, like even Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, like all those. The good guys that are kind of undersized never have a solid first run. And I guess you can put yeah. Liv in this group as well. And it's more like, let's test it out. Let's see how it goes. Because you're in there usually with monsters. You, you go back to, like, I love the Daniel Bryan uh, cash in because in the, he gets thrown into the middle of Mark Henry and Big Show. It's like one of these three is not like the others. Um, and Punk was kind of the same way. So this is usually that test run. They, they test it out, see how the fans respond, see if it's something they – want to move forward with and give a second shot to, or do they just get Jack swaggered uh, mm. and, and lose their belt and, and never heard from the main event picture ever again? Next match here is Karrion Cross defeating Drew McIntyre in a strap match. We both had Karrion Cross getting the victory here, Dr. Trey. Uh, match was okay. Showed that Karrion Cross can hang with the top star. I would have liked to see in a cleaner victory and not one that semi-protected Drew McIntyre with Scarlett using pepper spray to help Karrion Cross get the win. Uh, Cross needs a big win to cement himself as a guy that deserves this spot, and I'm not sure if this match accomplished it. Because unless you were really tuned into NXT, which are, you know, Dr. Trey and I, we fall on that elk of wrestling fans. If you're someone that just strictly watches Raw and SmackDown, which, as we know, by viewership is a lot more than we would ever suspect, you don't know why Karrion Cross is in this match and why he defeats Drew McIntyre, he needs to prove himself, and I'm not necessarily sure if that accomplished that. This seems like a trend here with like Liv Morgan's title run and now carrying Cross in this match. It's like the I'm not sure that accomplished that. Your thoughts? Uh, I think the finisher on it. I think if you watch the match, you're like, if you watch the whole match, you're like, damn, Cross can hang. He's taking a, taking an ass kicking. He's giving an ass kicking. The pepper spray finish for one doesn't fit their characters, and that's what was why I didn't like it. I mean, we saw like. And part, and, and part of his part because Scarlett you know, botched the the fireball spot a few weeks ago, but like pepper spray, like I don't know about you, Jeff. The first thing I thought of was where did she hide the pepper spray? That outfit was like <laughs> skin tight. Like I don't know where <laughs> she kept it. You know, and then to pull it yeah, out, she has no pockets. It's like okay, like she had there was hand, like handcuffs and like like did Whoa. they have like a role playing thing or something? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just I'm all kinds of confused, but. It just doesn't fit the character. You know, it's, I don't know, I don't know what the Carrion Cross character is. Does that make sense? Like, I, 
like it's got like a supernatural feel and you feel like Scarlet might be some kind of witch witchiness. But is he a supernatural character? Is he not a supernatural character? Like, I don't know. They haven't developed the character enough on TV for SmackDown for everybody to know who he is. So that finish doesn't fit. And it just leaves you kind of going, well, that just kind of sucked. You know, and you're just like, eh. Like the, but the first, you know, three quarters of the match I thought was really well done and showed that Cross could hang with McIntyre. It's just the finish leaves you going, yeah, that's... I, it felt like a Bruce Pritchard finish. I'll, I'll, I'll put it out there like that. Interesting. That's interesting that you say that because this was under a lot of a microscope uh, because of Triple H running it, which as we keep moving on here with this card, um, to get the post-pay-per-view thoughts on this entire thing will be quite the discussion between you and I here, Dr. Trey. Uh, Bianca Belair defeats Bailey in a ladder match to retain the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Uh, you and I both had Bailey getting the victory. It was a surprising result as it felt like Bailey was poised to win the Raw Women's Championship. Match had some really good moments and some okay ones. There was a moment in the first part of the match where Bailey had brought in a smaller ladder and Bianca brought in a bigger ladder. And I felt like that was an FU to the dirt sheets as there were reports that the women would be wrestling with a smaller ladder than the men, which obviously was not the case. Um, great first step into the world of ladder matches for women's wrestling in WWE, Dr. Trey. Um, like I said, some really good moments, some meh moments. Thoughts as Bianca retained over Bailey. So this is one of those ones where you go, okay, am I sexist for saying this? Like, I thought as a ladder match as a whole, it was eh, okay. For the women, I always feel like going, hey, it was a really good first ladder match. And I and I, I preface that because I think the, you know, the, the damage control spot towards the end, like, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But... Like I thought the match was 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 okay and really good for the girls because they don't really have any context to go off of. You don't have the framework for a women's ladder match one on one to kind of build off of like every guy in professional wrestling has. So I thought that part was really good. I, I, I don't know if I like the double KOD spot because of the fact that damage control's been running rampant and kind of kicking everybody's ass, and then you get both girls taken out with one move. I'm like, that's kind of, it's, it's cool, a visual, but on the flip side, she just took out all three members of this group that's been dominating the roster for the last month in about five minutes. So that kind of leaves me just going at that part. I didn't like, but overall I thought it was a fine match. I thought it was, it was really well done. And then, you know, you get an an even angrier Bailey coming out of it. So, uh, maybe a little more diabolical in her planning. So that, that, that'll be pretty cool to see where that goes. Next match here was Finn Balor defeating Edge in an I Quit match. You and I both had Edge getting the victory in this one. Um, phenomenal match. Phenomenal storytelling. One of my favorite matches this year. Edge is an A-plus babyface, and the Judgment Day have become an A-plus heel stable. All around great. I cannot wait for the next chapter in the story. I love this match, Dr. Trey. Like I said, I think this is a top five match for me this year in professional wrestling. I love this one. Your thoughts, Finn defeating Edge. Yeah, absolutely loved it. Great storytelling, great finish. The stuff with Beth was great. And hell, it makes me want to see a, like, now I want to see a mixed tag match. You know, (laughs) like, that doesn't happen very often. I'm like, you know, it's coming, right? Yeah, I want to see, at least see, I want to see Beth and Rhea go at it now, you know? Um, but yeah, like Judgment Day is a dominant heel faction. Edge is a great babyface. The storytelling at the end, 
like this is one of those situations where it took an extraordinary situation for the good guy to lose this match. And it's very rare that we see the good guy lose I quit matches. It has to be something extraordinary. And we got that. And then the payoff of, you know, Rhea going ahead and doing the concerto to Beth, I thought was really, really well done. Just shows how evil that group can be. So even more heat on them. So like I, I thought it was fantastic. It's it's in my top five, top ten matches of the year easily. Yeah, I mean, I love the thing where Edge is, where he realize he comes to, and this is after Rhea knocks out Beth with the the um, the brass knocks, and he comes to and he's like Beth, and they force him to say I quit not once but twice. Uh, still do the concerto. I mean, it was compelling television. It it took up a good chunk of the second half of the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, and as I watched the match, it just breezed by. It, I, it could have been 40 minutes. I felt like maybe they had 40 to 50 minutes on the screen, and it didn't feel like that at all. It was it was great stuff, and the most important thing from it, it was just so simple. Um, yeah. It wasn't anything overbearing, pushy, you know, ups and I mean, everything from start to finish was great. I know we talked about on the show recently that Edge mentioned that, you know, this could be his last year in wrestling he was alluding to. I hope it isn't, selfishly, because, I I mean, for a guy to walk away from wrestling for nine years, and since his return in 2020, even with the injuries, to be in the spots that he's been in, in the matches he's had, and the promos he's cut, and the storylines he's had, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody more entertaining right now in wrestling right now, Dr. Trey. I mean, he is... Just so damn good at his at his age, at his time in professional wrestling, everything. I, I Edge is so much fun to watch on our screen, and and he helped elevate the Judgment Day here to even be more hated heels, which is so hard to do nowadays. I I I love the match, absolutely loved it. It's definitely something I will I will bring up in match of the year candidates for um, our last show of the year in, in 2022. So, like, Edge has been back, what, two and a half years, two years now? Yeah, almost almost three. Royal almost Rumble 2020. Three, yeah, like two and a half. So, in, in my head, like, what, like, I can't, like, there's been some matches he's had where you're just like, eh, it was, it was okay. But, like, he really hasn't had that bad match. Like, I think his worst matches are either the mixed tag match with him and Beth against Miz and Maurice, or maybe the greatest match of all time. But can uh, I throw in AJ's match with him at WrestleMania? Shockingly, yeah, I, but I think that's more. That's one of those ones where we are we set the bar so high. Like I, th- I still thought that was a good match. It just the bar was set so high with it. Yeah, I'm, that- I, I can understand what you're saying. I, I actually like the backlash match between he and Orton, the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah, I mean, I did too. But that, like, you know, like those the three, the, the AJ match, that match, and then you know, most people don't like. I like the storytelling in the mixed tag match, but then you yeah. you know, it's it's a mixed tag match, so it's not nearly going to be as good as their stuff. But those are like the, like the worst matches, really. Like everything else, and those are still solid matches. Like he has not had that clunker, and for a guy coming on a coming off a nine year layoff to not have a clunker is just astounding to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's been a great run, and and I know he's injured right now in an AEW, but I watch Christian on my television, and I wonder if if he regrets going to AEW based on the run that his best friends having right now in WWE. Um, well, especially since Vince is gone. Yeah, that too. But I mean, even when Vince was there, Edge was still getting this same push, and 
storylines yeah, and still well, doing what he was doing in the ring and the promos and the story. I mean, everything was great. Well, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, Vince never like he always classified Christian as a smaller guy. Yes, even when yes. he had that title run, you know, the matches with him, the matches with him and Orton back in the day were fantastic. Yeah, they, they wanted to put the dot on his face reportedly. Yeah, but as soon as it was over, as soon as it was over, it was back to the mid card, back to struggling around, and now you got a guy like Triple H running who likes smaller. You know, I don't, that sounds weird, but like he doesn't have a problem with smaller guys being in main event areas. Like you know, Christian would fit right in. Like if I mean, I would love right now if Christian showed after this whole thing with the Judgment Day is done, and then Christian shows up to for a feud with Edge to close out their careers. Yeah, I mean, it, that would be poetic, seeing these two together again, tag team, feud, whatever. But um, I don't know if we're going to see that anytime soon. A- anyway, top five match here this year, in my opinion, Finn defeating Edge in an I Quit match. Being that, I don't think there's another spot that we'll, we'll talk about this on the show, looking at the rundown this week. Um, next night on Raw, AJ Styles comes out, kind of you know says he's going to join the Judgment Day, uh, which leads to the return of Gallows and Anderson to WWE, which was... Obviously shocking, especially Carl Anderson is the current never open weight champion in New Japan. Um, reportedly, they still have some dates to finish up with New Japan. They're, they're coming off of a two-year run with Impact Wrestling. They dabbled a little bit in AEW. Carl Anderson was very, very vocal on Twitter saying that they would never return to the company again. I love this signing. I thought that this was the direction they were pointing to a couple weeks ago when Finn and Edge, excuse me, Finn and AJ had... Uh, a backstage segment that a- AJ doesn't have any friends around anymore. I was like, could they, is Gallus and Anderson coming back? And then saw the report on Monday morning that there were reports of them returning. And then they did return on Monday night. I'm happy that these guys are back. I think they'll be in a much better position with Triple H at the creative helm. They are tied once again with AJ Styles. The OC has reformed. Dr. Trey, any thoughts on the uh, return of Gallus and Anderson to WWE? They feel like Triple H guys, even though I don't think they Agreed. were ever you know, quote unquote Triple H guys because they were never really in it. They were never in NXT, but the ability to work, cut a promo, do silly stuff, be serious. Like those are like hallmarks of Triple H guys. And I think they'll get used much better uh, under a Triple H regime than under a Vince regime. Cause Vince is like, you're either funny or you're serious. Like there really isn't a lot of middle ground for most guys. Um, and then my other question was, remember AJ blame Paul Heyman, for mm-hmm. Gallows and Anderson getting released. If they're back now, does that squash the Heyman-AJ beef? Uh, I guess. I know there's been times on Talking Smack that AJ and Paul Heyman back in the day, back in the Thunderdome era, that they were on the screen together. Um, I think AJ's a professional, um, and I would imagine that that stuff is squashed because Allison Anderson did not have nice things to say about Paul Heyman either. Yeah, which is, always makes me sad because I love because everybody knows how much I love Paul Heyman. but And I love... Gallows and Anderson, like I got to call that match with them at, uh, for that Impact show I did last year. They were super, they were super gracious, just really nice guys. And I hate when people that I'm fans of don't get along because I'm like, no guys, just hug, come on. Like if I don't like you, I want all the other wrestlers to be mad at you. But like Leo Rush, I hate Leo Rush, so I hope everybody <laughs> else hates Leo Rush also. You also don't like Austin Theory. Uh, I don't hate Austin Theory as much as I hate. Like Leo Rush was a jackass. Like <laughs> Theory's just a douche. So there's, there's a difference in the in the scale. Like Theory was just that young guy that was hitting on like every girl in the building he could hit on. Meanwhile, like Leo was just a jackass to everybody that I was around him with that night. So I'm like, you know, just yeah. 
and he keeps retiring and unretiring. Like him and ACH are on the same level for me. Like both those guys can if they just disappeared off the face of the earth, I wouldn't I wouldn't care. Uh, next match here, we'll wrap up with the main event. Matt Riddle defeating Seth freaking Rollins in a fight pit match. Dr. Trainer both had Matt Riddle. Uh, I'm not sure if the fight pit concepts worked for wrestling as the match was kind of slow pace and the crowd seemed out of it, which could have had a lot to do with the great stuff that Finn and Edge did before this match. They had a tough act to follow, as I just mentioned, um, but I'm not sure that made a difference either way. Dr. Trey, your thoughts? I, I just didn't seem to really enjoy this. I don't know if wrestling fans, A, are conditioned for it yet. Like, like even like the first Elimination Chamber, like when we do firsts on like the main roster, you get a lot of the crowds like, I don't really know how this match is won. Like, I, even this, so going back to the strap match, like I even had people like hitting me up on Twitter and Facebook about the strap match. Like, I thought they had to touch all four corners. I'm like, no, every match is different. They make their own rule. And I think the fight pit thing is is kind of the same thing where we're like, all right, I know you're telling me knockout and submission and that like, but you know, it, the pinfalls too. But like, it's like it's a little confusing. It's a cage, but it's not a cage, so you can't escape. Doesn't really count. Um, so I, I think it was more just you're you're trying to get used to it. And there's only been a couple of these matches, so you don't really have a lot of framework to go off of. Um, and I don't know was it did, did that it felt different than the NXT ones. I don't know if, if it was any bigger. It just it felt different for some reason. Yeah, it was um, definitely different looking structure this go around. Yeah. So um, that, to me, that to me makes it like more of a first time thing because the structure just looked different and and handled differently. And then I don't really know. Like I know they're like WWE loves bringing in certain guys for these matches, but to me, like Daniel Cormier didn't really add a whole lot to this match. No. Uh, so it's just like okay, we have a guest referee that really nobody knew. Like I would say, probably eighty percent of that audience had no clue who that guy was. Wow, you think uh, it's that high? I think Cormier yeah. is a little bit of a bigger name than that. No, I mean, I, I I think in the hierarchy of UFC names, like he's maybe top twenty, but like yeah. he's not up there with Rampage Jackson, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, you know, the, the names that most people our age grew up on. Oh, you're talking like 2005 there. here, okay? Yeah, or I mean, like if they threw John Jones in there, I think John Jones is known more than Daniel Cormier. And that's the whole thing I mentioned about Cormier. I mean, Cormier had a huge feud with John Jones, which was very, yeah. um, which actually they 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 kind of did a nod to uh, Cormier and John Jones's um, like television interview where John Jones said, "Like, are you still there?" And that led into like a, one of my favorite YouTube classic clips where they just call each other like pussy on the entire time, uh, which was basically what they did with Rollins and Riddle, where they were in two different rooms and, and Rollins yeah. took shots at, at Riddle and all that stuff to set it all up. Um, but, nonetheless, Dr. Trey and I went four and two, both on the Extreme Rules pay-per-view prediction. Uh, I'm 91 and 43 in the year. Dr. Trey, 82 and 52. Uh, yeah, event two. rating. Were you saying something to Dr. Trey? I was like, wait, wait, wait. I missed two? I thought I missed one. You and I had the exact same uh, predictions. We had Brawling oh. Brutes, Ronda Rousey, Karrion Cross, and Matt Riddle. We did not get Bailey, and we did not get Edge. Oh, I forgot. Okay, yeah, you're right. All right, my bad. Um, <laughs> so match of the night, event rating. This will be interesting because this was... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, beloved on Twitter from what I saw. And while it was, you know, an okay show, enjoyable, entertaining at parts, and a top five match of the year, in my opinion, on it, I gave it a 3.6. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a solid night of wrestling for a Saturday night. And of course, my match of the night here, no shock, Finn Balor versus Edge. Dr. Trey, what say you? Okay, so Edge and Finn match of the night easily wasn't even close. So event rating is, is tricky, Jeff, because if I'm going off the actual card itself, I'm probably with you. I'm probably like 3.5 for the card. But then with what happened at the end of the show... That brings it up because it's part of the show. Absolutely, yeah. What's the entire event? Yeah, so it brings it up to like a three point eight for me because wow. the, that that closing segment was so good, and you're just like blown away by what you're seeing on TV. I think that brings it up. So for the entire event, I'm at a three point eight. So put that in mind. So three point five was the entire event. If what happened at the end of the show, which we'll get into here now uh, in just a few seconds, happened, Doctor Trey rose. Three points, three little decimal points alone on what was it? A two and a half minute segment that was just mind blowing and fun. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that tells you how the way that was in that uh, in that segment. So let's get to it, Doctor Trey. For weeks, we've heard everything about the white rabbit QR uh, r- white rabbit QR codes. Um, uh, revel what you are. Weird things going on the television screen. All this stuff led to what we thought it was going to lead to, which was the return of Bray Wyatt at Extreme Rules to close out the show. Phenomenal, fun segment. I loved the lights going out. I loved the Firefly Funhouse coming to life. I loved the Firefly Funhouse with cobwebs and dust and then leading to Bray Wyatt's um, return, him coming out in a new mask, carrying the, the signature lantern, Pulling the mask off, the pop that he got was what wrestling fans call a war- road warrior pop. It was loud. It was deafening. It was fun. Him saying, I'm here, blowing out the lantern, and uh, a good kiss, good night for the entire show was just a great way to do it. You and I have been longtime huge fans of Bray Wyatt, finding him to be one of the greatest creative minds in professional wrestling history. Um, happy that he's back. The buildup was great. The segment was great. Really looking forward to his segment on Friday Night SmackDown. You're a huge Bray Wyatt fan. I mean, what did you think? What did you feel when you saw him back on your television screen and close out Extreme Rules on Saturday night? Yeah, like the the lights going out, I got really excited. Like, and, and part of it was, and I, and I thought about this right before the show. I think last year's one or two years ago was the horror show mm-hmm. and Extreme Rules. And then with all this, I'm like going, man, this might become like his signature event. 
because the lights go out, everybody gets their, their cameras out, the little fireflies come out, and then you're seeing all this stuff. It, it's, it's been five days for me. I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything that I saw. But seeing the, 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 the Firefly Funhouse in disarray and, and basically cobwebbed and run down and not touched, but then you start seeing the characters come to life. Like some of that stuff. That was so cool. Like, it's like, and I know, like, it, it's, it's the little kid in me coming out and just like popping for what is really great wrestling storytelling, larger than life characters. Like, I've seen all these people as puppets. And now I'm seeing like real life versions of them. Like that was so cool. And then even seeing, like we mentioned earlier, like seeing the fiend at ringside and then you get the door segment with like the, the, the nod homage to Brody Lee with the door, all that stuff. Like it was just such beautiful storytelling and, and brought it all around and it left you wanting more, which is the way you should close out every show. <laughs> so it's like, all right, we got it that he's back. But now what? And, and I'm just excited to see where it goes. And then the fun part of trying to guess who each person was out there is, is a blast. And the, the little things like, you know, when they showed Abby the Witch and there's a couple of the title belts next to her. And then, you know, all these little like little nods and little winks and stuff like that, that, you know, apparently now WWE's figured out that, hey, these like diehard hardcore fans eat this stuff up so we can keep doing it. And it'll still hook the casual viewer makes for really great storytelling on multiple levels because it intrigues people like us and then intrigues people that, you know, just happen to flip on SmackDown Friday night and see this crazy character coming to life. Yeah. What's really cool about that segment too, as you pointed out, there's like several things that, that you didn't realize when it first happened that you go back and you rewatch things that you learn afterwards. Um, the Brody Lee stuff, I didn't know until I read it like the next day that the light was, an homage to him specifically the way that he came out back to, you know, came out to AEW. I didn't hear anything about the door and I did not know anything about Abby, the witch with the title belts though. Yeah. And actually, if you look the, the mask that she was wearing is the same mask that he, that Brody Lee wore during his bludgeon brothers. Yeah. That was in the crowd, right? Yeah. Okay. So I, I did hear about that. I rewatched it. I could not really tell obviously, no, but I have heard me. that. You had to zoom in and I got screen people were sending me screenshots and zooming in. And then like I noticed the belts when she was standing there because they're white leather. And I was like So where was that? That was in the actual right, Firefly Funhouse? Yeah, no, no, that was right next to her. When they showed her, there was a little stand off to her I'm trying to picture here. So off to her left, and it had two belts laying there and they were white they were white leather straps. So Now what's the significance there. of that? Well, is that supposedly it's cluing you in as to who is portraying Abby the Witch. Like, is she a former oh. tag team champion or former women's champion because of the white straps? Because I believe the, the older SmackDown women's championship belts had the white straps, and then the women's tag belts had the white straps. Okay, yeah, I see this now. I see this photo. I didn't... That wasn't just some fan leaving it there? No, that it just it was just... For, like, for one, fans don't just leave title belts laying around <laughs> because they're 400 bucks a pop, and we're all broke as hell, anybody who has a title belt. So um, it's just because there's the it's it's like on a stand. So it's not like laying on the guardrail or laying somewhere where a fan would have access. It's like right next to her. on It looked like a little hmm. table or a little, almost like it, a pommel horse shape. I, I, it looks to me that it's over like the railing where fans sit. 
Yeah, but who would the, like? I, it's just, That's it's the only just reason why I mentioned that, that. It's just weird that like of of any like for one, most it could guys be. don't carry around women's belts. Yeah, no, no, it, it it could totally be. So, and then I love everybody guessing on who uh, Mercy the Buzzard was because everybody's like, oh, that looks like Dexter Loomis, or it looks like this." And I'm like, they well, Dexter's got arm tattoos. That dude didn't have a tattoo. He looked. I saw people say it was Grayson Waller. And I'm like, well, body size wise, it does kind of fit, but I'm like, I don't know if you really want to move Grayson Waller the main menu or main roster to be a buzzard. Mm-hmm. So I, I am know. seeing the side by side now. That is definitely Brody Lee's mask from the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. So like that was pretty cool. Like yeah. like it was all those little homages and stuff like that. Like trying to figure out who Huskus is. Like that's gonna be so much fun. And like I saw somebody say it was Joe Gacy, and I'm like, well, that'd be cool too because. Him and Bray do have similar body types from you know their, when they first started out in WWE, so that'd be that'd be clever. And I think Gacy also had a his Twitter profile. He had the X'd out eyes, like Bray used to do with people on the Firefly Funhouse. So, like I was like, that that's pretty cool. Like it, that the the mm-hmm. digging into stuff and trying to figure out who is who and all the little wink winks and nods and stuff like that. That's the beauty of this storytelling is because there's so it's done on so many levels that we really haven't seen anything like this in quite some time. You know, for a wrestling fan base that loves everything to be so pure, right? Great five-star matches, six-star matches, seven-star matches. Um, wrestling fans really still eat up a good storyline, whether it be in the ring, like Finn and Edge, or stuff that takes place on the screen, like Bray Wyatt did, leading up to his return, and then his return at Extreme Rules. So... While, while it is, you know, a sport that we love the in-ring performances, you cannot deny the fact, Dr. Trey, that we get sucked in just equally as much with stuff like this when it's creative and really, really good, um, just as much as we do if somebody puts on a five- or six-star match. Well, I mean, we've been doing this show for a very long time, and, and I've stuck to my point of always being that matches are great, but you remember moments. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I, I've, I've met this before, like, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Iron Man match is one of my favorite matches of all time. 62 and a half, 63 minutes. I can tell you the beginning and I can tell you the finish. I can't tell you what happened in the 60 minutes in the middle. I remember the the, the emotion, but that's about it. But I remember Austin Beer Truck. <laughs> you know, I remember yeah. DX Express getting smashed by an I beam. You know, I remember I remember, you know, Austin play, or Angle and Austin and Austin. And Kurt Angle playing his little guitar for Stone Cold. Mm-hmm. Like, th- those moments are what makes you a wrestling fan. I remember Andre, like, one of my first big matches I ever got into is Andre and Hogan. And I don't remember the match. I remember the body slam. And then I also remember Piper's Pit when, uh, when Andre ripped the cross off of Hogan's chest. But for all these five-star matches we talk about, match of the year stuff, it's the moments that make you a wrestling fan because that feeds directly into those emotions that make you want to watch and feel that same feeling again. And that's why we always talk about wrestling being addictive because it does give you certain highs and certain lows. And you're always like you guys like you and me that have been chasing the high from the attitude era and the Monday night wars for 20 years, trying to get that back because of how great we felt on those Monday nights, flipping channels back and forth. We've been chasing it for two decades and it's, and like moments like this, that it close out extreme rules. You're like, Ooh, that's really close to that feeling. That's really, really close because 
you would always be like, you know, we'd sit there every Monday night waiting for who's going to show up next. What are they going to do? What crazy thing's going to happen next? Like that, that's what we grew up on. And that's what we chase. And, and here we are all these years later as wrestling fans still chasing that high. While we love wrestling, there has to be some entertainment as well. It goes hand in hand, whether we like the phrase or terminology of sports entertainment. Sometimes you just certainly cannot deny it when they great and when they have great executed uh, creative storylines and buildups as they did for Bray Wyatt. So happy that he's back in WWE. Shocked that he never landed in AEW. But um, here we are. Bray Wyatt back in World Wrestling Entertainment. Switching gears to AEW, it was announced last week that John Moxley uh, has signed a five-year extension with AEW. Uh, according to Fightful via Wrestling Inc., several sources told them that Moxley was actually working without a contract for some time. While unclear exactly how long it was, it was known that throughout the summer, Moxley's contract was, quote, quite a situation, and that AEW owner Tony Khan would do whatever it took to keep Moxley in the company for the rest of his career. What's interesting is that Moxley won both the AEW World Championship and Interim World Championship during the summer without being under contract. Fightful also revealed that Moxley is exclusive to AEW and its international partners, including New Japan Pro Wrestling, where Moxley is a former United States Heavyweight Champion. Um, at the time, it was not certain if he would be able to continue with GCW and Revolver. I believe that has uh, worked itself out as he dropped the championship to Nick Gage in the title versus career match. And the belief is he will not be with Game Changer Wrestling anytime soon. Um, part of this new five-year deal is that Moxley will be part of a backstage role as a coach and a mentor. Uh, Fightful said that Moxley-led talent meetings backstage were very well-received, uh, which obviously took place after the all-out pay-per-view last month. The decision moved Moxley into the role streamed, uh, stemmed from the weight his words carry, according to Fightful. So Moxley with AEW for another five years. Um, backstage role as a coach and a mentor. We saw his wife make her AEW debut on Dynamite last night, Renee Paquette, which will be a very hard in, for me to get used to here in the beginning. I'm so used to calling her Renee Young. Happy she's back refreshing wrestling, one of the most talented people we've ever seen behind the scenes and on the microphone um, that it was a non-wrestler. Mox signs a long-term deal, Dr. Trey. Are you happy? Was this the right move for him? I think the guy's very happy himself, so I guess we should be as well, no? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, like, if, if you get a contract and that kind of puts you in that, like, you know, I'm a cornerstone, I'm a foundation of this company, uh, the owner doesn't want me to leave, and so you kind of get what you want. You got to be happy for the guy. Like, I, I, like Mox is one of the fav- my favorite guys to watch in AEW. Like, I... I you know, we, we, I might knock the booking and I may knock like how they do stuff, but you know, there are certain people that like, I, I like to watch when they're on the show and Mox is one of those guys, uh, you know, and then having Renee back, you know, into AEW, that's great. But by the way, I don't know if you watched Dynamite, but that outfit Renee was wearing, whoo, like, okay, congrats Mox, man. Like she never dressed <laughs> like that on WWE television. I'm pretty sure Vince would have, you know, knowing Vince, he would have let her do it if she wanted to, but. Like she looked fantastic, and, and it's she's a great person to have be part of that roster as well. So, hey, if you can work with your wife and everybody's happy and you get paid a lot of money, I, I can't knock a guy for that kind of contract. Yeah, I, it's it's the right move for AEW, right? I mean, if there's anybody they should be giving huge money towards and keeping under contract for a long time, that's an established star. To me, it's John Moxley. He is like Mister AEW to me. Well, and especially with the transition from Vince to Triple H on the WWE side, like. You know, Triple H would, would use Mox the way Mox wanted to be used. Like, mm, yeah. he would, I mean, that's, Triple H is, was a fan of Mick Foley and Terry Funk and those guys, and that's kind of the, the role Mox has transitioned into, that he's almost like a blend of Austin and, and Terry Funk in a lot of ways. So, um, 
you know, if Tony Khan's like sees that, he's like, yeah, I'm not gonna let this guy leave. But it also now explains like why he said he was going on vacation and had to cancel his vacation because his contract was up, so he could go on vacation because hmm. he didn't have anybody to report to technically. Yeah, I didn't think of that, and it would have made you wonder would Renee Young have started? Renee Paquette uh, started. If she was, uh, if John Moxley was on vacation, I don't know. Uh, there was a lot of talk about Renee. I guess WWE reached out. There was a belief earlier this week by WWE officials that she was heading back to AEW. I guess they made a play to bring Renee back when all the uh, commentary stuff was going on. But ultimately, when when she left WWE, the feeling always was that she would end up in AEW, and now she has, which is great. I'm happy to have her back on my wrestling programming because she's great for the uh, wrestling world. Yeah. Um, last thing I want to bring up here on this week's edition of the show, Dr. Trey is, is a story that funny enough, I I was thinking to myself, I I do a podcast in my head that no one else can listen to other than myself earlier this week that, uh, I was like, man, where the hell, what's the latest on Adam Cole? I haven't heard anything about Adam Cole lately, which is concerning because he hasn't wrestled since forbidden door back in June when he suffered a, uh, pretty bad concussion. We saw him on television once to basically end the undisputed elites affiliation with the elite at the time, which obviously has led to nowhere because Kyle O'Reilly's out after having surgery, Bobby fish no longer works for the company and who knows what's going on with the young bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, we got that report update today from Dave Melcher um, before we started recording this week's edition of the show. Um, this comes to us from wrestling observer radio via wrestling Inc. Um, According to reports, Adam Cole is currently recovering from a nasty concussion and has yet to be cleared to return to action. The Observer's Dave Meltzer disclosed that Cole could be cleared tomorrow or it, quote, could be never, end quote. Um, It should be noted that the veteran journalist did not have a clear update on the situation and questions raised about Cole's future are purely speculation at this time. As I mentioned before, the last time he performed in the ring was at the AW New Japan Forbidden Door pay-per-view, and he suffered a concussion at that match. In that match, if you go back to that match, it, it ended very weird. We talked about it on the recap of that 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 show when we when we did it. Something was clearly wrong, and it was a very very serious injury based on how they quickly ended the match, the way that it happened, the way that it looked on our, our television, and uh, the way Adam Cole looked in the ring was was not great. Um, you know, selfishly here, Doctor Trey, if if we've seen Adam Cole's last match in a professional wrestling ring, that'll make me very very sad. But then again, from a human standpoint, if he's not healthy to ever wrestle again, then I want the guy to live a long and prosperous life. Um, and it, you know, that's that's what ultimately we want. This is this is not a great story. It's not an uplifting story at all. We certainly wish the best for Adam Cole and hope that he's back in the ring sooner rather than later. But it has nearly been four months since Adam Cole last wrestled, which is serious for a concussion. It is a brain injury. Your thoughts on this report from the uh, the former NXC champion potentially being done with professional wrestling? So, so let me get straight. So, Dave Meltzer and I, and, and and we've been on the show twelve years. I have never taken a shot at Dave Meltzer. His report is basically he come back tomorrow. He come back never. So basically, his report is I, nobody knows. And, and I love that you put that report out there. Nobody knows. Um, but it, it, on on one hand, you know something's up. If AEW doctors can clear Soraya to get back in the ring, but we can't get Adam Cole clearance, so you know there's something going on. Was that that's two different injuries though, right? That's a neck injury versus a concussion. That's, yeah, this I is mean, more in line with the Danielson stuff, no? Yeah, but the neck injury would be more in line with paralysis. 
you know, if, if she, you know, if, if the neck, in, you know, brain injury is one thing, paralysis is something else. And both things are very concerning. And, and that's where, you know, AEW doctors have cle- you know, cleared a lot of people that, you know, supposedly couldn't get cleared, you know, from WWE. So I'm just, I, it just makes me nervous. Um, I don't know how much I trust the AEW doctors is what basically I'm kind of getting across, but the fact that, you know, the report is, you know, it could be tomorrow. It could be never is really telling because with concussions, you never know the extent of the injury. It's Daniel Bryan. I mean, Brian Nelson has been back wrestling for three or like four years now. And I still get nervous whenever he lands on his freaking head. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just like, especially when he just suffered a concussion not too long ago. Yeah, so it just makes you nervous because you, you Adam Cole's one of the best performers of this generation. You want him back. You want him healthy. He's got a beautiful fiance. Um, you, you want these guys to have a great life. And so you're just hoping that... I love that got, Dr. Trey is smitten with Britt Baker during this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Tony <laughs> Schiavone, basically, okay? I'm, I'm all over Renee Paquette. And yeah, Brent this Baker. is... Wow. What a show here, Dr. Trey. And where does Scarlet hide... <laughs> the yes. this is my this is my Vince McMahon episode basically yes but yeah you just want Adam Cole to be happy and healthy and that's that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is like I I want him back in the wrestling ring but if he can't do it anymore man this guy's got I mean he's like 33 34 he's got a long life ahead of him you want him to be happy and healthy and you know have a great life and so you just want him to come back and get cleared and and you know if not hey man like I'm sure like if Adam Cole could never wrestle again, you know, both companies would line up to have him be a producer. The guy can put together great matches. So, you know, he's got a role in wrestling if he wants, if he wants it, if he can't ever wrestle again. Yeah. I mean, to me, um, I think you make a very great point, right? With Meltzer's report out there, when you, when you say something like that, where he may be back, he may not be, I, I think cause like the, his comments are obviously leading to us discussing on the show and there's reports yeah. about it today. I think you just say like, there's no new updates. We don't have any updates. Uh, I don't think you throw out there that his career may be over. Um, yeah. unless you have some solidified evidence that is saying like, this is a very strong possibility. And until I, I think really Adam Cole addresses that, then this shouldn't be out there to me. Um, but it's out there. It's something that's a huge news story that we need to discuss because, you know, Adam Cole is one of the biggest and brightest stars in all of professional wrestling right now. He's a guy that could really be at the forefront of professional wrestling the next five to 10 years as like the top guy in all of the companies. Um, closest thing that I've seen to a young Shawn Michaels in my lifetime, which is, you know, the highest of compliments you could give to an entering performer. Very similar styles, similar builds, similar attitudes at times, even though Adam Cole behind the scenes is a hell of a lot nicer. Um, yeah. Adam Cole, I mean, we just obviously wish the best for him and, and hope that we get a positive report in the next couple of weeks or months. Um, but in the same sense, we just hope that we see him in the ring here sooner rather than later. So that's the latest on Adam Cole, but I agree with you, Dr. Trey. If Meltzer's going to say something like that, I, I just think you kind of leave it open-ended where it's like, we don't have any new updates. I don't think yeah, you say, I don't think you say he may not be back. <laughs> it just, it well, it pissed me off because he was, Hey, he might get cleared tomorrow or he may never wrestle again. Like those are polar opposites of the spectrum. And people like us are going to go automatically to the, like the, Oh my God, Adam may never wrestle again. Like to me, that is literally just like a clickbait article that just you put out there. Mm-hmm. You could have just said, Hey, no new updates on Adam Cole. We wish him all the best. Yeah. That would have been sufficient. Still recovering. But, uh, you got to do a clickbait ad. That just, it just irritated me. 
Yeah, I think you just say we're still recovering. So he's still yeah. recovering. We have no updates. You know, throw throw it out there and said he's still recovering. May never wrestle again. End quote. Um, all right, so that'll do it for this week's edition of SRT. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for joining us. It's gonna get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at realguyradio.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and there's still Real Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us on the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin Franklin. When you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling as they're still running really strong here in the great state of Alabama. Uh, also, go check out your local independent wrestling shows. And one last thing, Jeff. I just I, I was thinking about this last night. We were, we were playing some video games. Um, Not you and I. So you were playing with someone no, no, else. No, no, no. Me, me and the wife, we were actually playing some WWE 2K22. Nice, uh, nice. So for those of you who have the game uh, and the PlayStation, I don't know if it's cross-platform or not, but Dr. Trey Franklin is now available to download on WWE uh, 2K22. Wow. Oh, wow. Like That's that. part of the de- one of those download packs you got to pay for? No, no, no. You can just go into the download <laughs> in the, in the uh, creation community and just type in Dr. Trey, Dr. Trey, uh, and you'll find me up there. I, I like So I posted up them, or I posted him up, my wife's up there, uh, Eden Ray, and then some of the stars from Rocket City Championship Wrestling are uh, up there as well. So there's quite a few of us uh, from uh, the Alabama area that if you play the game and want to download some characters, go right ahead. Awesome, so awesome. Hit, go out there. If you can't find us, hit me up on Twitter and I'll send you the link. Yeah, at the Dr. Trey on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash show. On next week's podcast, we will preview and predict NXT Halloween Havoc. NXT's had a really good, strong run of shows lately. Uh, maybe the best run that they've had during this 2.0 or end of 2.0 era. Uh, since last year, heading into a premium live event. We'll preview and predict that on next week's show. Um, so until next week, once again, thank you for downloading. For Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. Enjoy the weekend. This is the Rogo Show. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.